0: Welcome to the Solid Ground Podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to have conversations that can be used as a resource to create a solid ground to stand on when walking through life with Jesus in an ever-changing world. This is the Solid Ground Podcast.
1: What is up, guys? Welcome back to episode four of the Solid Ground podcast. Once again, I am Noah, joined by... Tony. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Yeah, it was a
0: wonderful Thanksgiving time, spending time with family, eating till I was miserable, watching football. It was great. How was your time?
1: My time was great. Yeah? Uh, Why was it so great? Um, you know, I had some really good food, the Mm -hmm. food was really good, I was back in Phoenix, I made it uh, all myself, uh, with my fiance. Oh, wait, 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 is this, is this podcast official? This is podcast official, I am now engaged, so it happened, Black Friday, on top of a mountain. No better day. No better day. To do it than Black Friday. Yeah, got a killer discount on the ring, no. (laughs) Just joking, just joking. Yeah, I am engaged now, which is super exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah. I think I speak for
0: everyone in Podland, wishing you both a very long and
1: happy life together. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. I am excited. Um, And what we really wanted to talk about today uh, is talking about the fear of the Lord. Um, and specifically, we're talking about uh, in the Psalms, it talks about the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So, Tony, how does that make any sense? What is the fear of the Lord? Let's start off there. What does that even mean? Does mm. that mean we are cowering in fear of God? What mm. What does that even mean?
0: It's a great question. I think you have to start with if if fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, you have to start with, well, then what is fear? What does it mean to fear the Lord? And I've heard a number of people say something to the effect of fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God. It is honor,
1: mm.
0: it is respect, it is awe, uh, these sorts of things which are due to the Lord as he is the Lord. But it's not, you don't have to be afraid of God like he's going to, you know do something like that to you and I agree with the sentiment and I understand it while also thinking that it minimizes our standing before God so let me say what I mean so um there's a uh, really funny you could probably find on YouTube you know the onion yeah have you heard of the onion or is that too old for you
1: no I know that
0: okay okay Uh, so the onion right it's the satirical um, online news magazine so they they did this it was like a video interview between this interviewer and God mm. so the guy was like I have the exclusive exclusive interview with God and he he's like all right I'm sitting here with God and I have this first question and before he can even spit it out he just starts screaming in <laughs> in agony and wasting away because of the sheer awesome glory of God mm. um, just shouting in fear and, until he just you know dies because of he was standing in the face of the almighty sounds like a good article. Yeah. And so it's, it's funny. It's a joke, but I think it's also very true. Like, um, I think sometimes in the way we talk about God, we can domesticate him mm. we can make him fit in our pocket. We can make him uh, so small that he's, um, you know, uh, he's so cuddly for us. He's, mm-hmm. he's the, he's the tender grandfather with a scratchy beard kind of thing Mm -hmm. god is different from us not by degree he's not simply greater than us he's different in kind Mm -hmm. he is an altogether different being than we are we are made in his image We, we can reflect his glory when we uh receive his son jesus into our lives but he is not just greater than us he is greatness itself right he's not uh he is goodness. He's not just more just than we are. He is justice. He's mm-hmm. not just more loving than we are. He is love. Yeah. He's different, not just in degree, but in kind. Uh, which means, you know, if we were to stand before him, that would be pretty terrifying. If you just imagine, uh, okay, so uh, a number of years ago, I was able to be a coach at the Michael Jordan flight school basketball camp. Okay, it was the last one that they did. Um, it was, I think it was the 23rd one they did. So it was wow. fitting that they ended on number 23. Yeah. That, was his, that was his number, right? So my dad had coached at it for a number of years. So he got me in the last one, the last session. So I was a coach for these bunch of these, you know, kids. Mm-hmm. And basically I was didn't really do much. Just ran around and did chores. But part of being on the, the, the coaching staff was you get to take a picture with MJ mm-hmm. and you, you can sign something. Uh, among other things you also got gear and stuff so i'm in line i'm taking a picture with jordan and it's like it's it's michael jordan yeah right he is i don't know if this is a hot the take. Not, he's the greatest basketball player who's ever lived okay mm-hmm. not lebron james he's a solid number two but michael jordan greatest basketball player who ever lived um and so i'm, I'm walking up and it's kind of nerve-wracking mm-hmm. right and a little scary because this is a guy who i watched on tv my whole life as a kid and uh you know just uh, amazing mm-hmm. now magnify that by infinity yeah and now you're standing not just with somebody who's you know seems superhuman in the things that he can do with a basketball on a basketball mm-hmm. court but someone who is not even human right who is divine yeah who is the source of life itself who is the creator mm-hmm. yeah that's going to be pretty frightening and in fact that's what we see in the scriptures yeah Every time the Lord appears in the scriptures, uh, the angel of the Lord, a divine figure, God himself, anytime they appear to any humans, the first initial response from any person is to cower down in fear. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's startling. Every single time you see an appearance of God in the scriptures, this is what you see. Uh, there's one, one of my favorite examples is from judges. This is when, uh, God is calling Samson. So he appears to Samson's parents and the angel um appears and Manoah the the husband finally realizes it was the angel of the Lord, basically the, the the appearance of God himself and he says to his wife, "We will certainly die for we have seen God." That's his response. Yeah. That's just how people respond when God shows up. So I think fear certainly includes awe and honor and glory and respect. It also involves, I think, a healthy dose of fear because mm. he is the judge and we are not. He is holy and we are not. He is God and we are human. Um, and so I have more to say about that, but I'll stop there for now just to say that I think part of fear mm-hmm. is fear. Right? It's, it's an understanding of who God is and who we are. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's good. And I think part of uh, what a lot of people Uh, have fears about is uh, a fear of the power of another person, right? We often are afraid of the power that other people assume, right? The power over us. When we realize the actual authority and power of God, it is frightening. It is frightening. It's a good kind of frightening because he's a good God and he's for us, which is awesome. But it is frightening to see like when you read through the Bible. Many times, one of my favorite things that it talks about when the presence of the Lord is there is that he melts mountains like wax. Like, that's pretty crazy that in his presence, the mountains themselves melt like wax. Like, yeah. that is a power unimaginable. He speaks and things are. Yeah. Right. He just, he just has that power. And so, when we, when we reduce him uh, to this very loving person that's just ultra-relatable, you know, very kind— which he is all those things, we sometimes take away that absolute power that he has, which is frightening. It is frightening to see that he has an authority that no one else has, that he can just do things. He can do things beyond our imagination. And our imagination can think of some pretty wild things. He is beyond that. Like you said, he is of a different kind. He is the one that created our imagination. And so all the crazy powerful things all the frightening things that we can think of that aren't frightening because they're evil but frightening because of the magnitude of what they are he can do more than that and so yeah there is this healthy fear that you should have of the lord and when you have that fear there is going to be a deeper thought when dealing with the lord and that's wisdom right you're going to have a greater idea of like maybe i should think a little harder when I'm dealing with God in any sort of situation because of the authority that he holds.
0: Yeah, so I think from this, wisdom then means two things. One, an underst- a, a better understanding of ourselves and a better, better understanding of God. Right, it's to say that uh, for me, I am actually, you know, worse than I think I am. <laughs> you know, I am I am less worthy than I think I am. You know, we tend to think we're, you know, Maybe hey, we're not perfect, but, you know, we're pretty good. No, Tony, you're horrible. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Man. But, you know, we're, we're actually worse than we think we are. Right? We're more sinful uh, as we interrogate ourselves. When we look into our hearts. The more we look into our hearts, I think the more we see how actually selfish we are and how actually our motives for doing even good things are oftentimes very bad motives. Mm-hmm. Um so that's on the one hand. And on the other hand, the more we interrogate it and reflect on it and meditate on it, the more we see how actually good God is, Oh, he's a source of goodness and holiness and justice and righteousness. And, um, he will judge, mm. uh, the wicked. Uh, so that, that I think leads to a, a healthy dose of wisdom right there. Just part of wisdom is just understanding the reality of things mm-hmm. uh, and living according to reality. Uh, and so that, that is part of it. Mm-hmm. I think another essential part of it though, is, and this is why fear of the Lord is not so, so here, what am I saying? Am I saying we should all cower in fear right now? No, I'm actually not saying that. I'm saying that there should be fear of, of actual fear of the Lord in that way. He is a kind, kind of terrifying. He is God. But here's what we also see in the scriptures. Every time God appears and people cower in fear, his response is always, every time, fear not. Yeah. So God appears, people are afraid. He says, don't be afraid. Mm. Why? Because he is love. Yeah. He is grace. He is mercy. He is goodness. He is life itself. And not only that, God reveals himself in Jesus, who we're talking about God is different in, um, not by degree, but in kind. So in that sense, he's, he's not this, this you know grandfatherly figure who we mm. can just relate to like that. And he's not. But in Christ, we can relate to God, right? That's the thing. Like Jesus becomes human. Jesus, who is God, becomes like us in every way. So we can relate to Jesus, which means we can, through Jesus, relate to God. Um, And so it's through Jesus that we can actually stand before God and live. Mm-hmm. Uh, as that's the promise of revelation that we will, in the new heavens and the earth, in the, and the new heavens, and the new earth, we will see God, mm-hmm. right, which uh, outside of that, outside of Jesus, if we, we see God in that way, it's it's probably nothing good, but we will see God, and we will live, we will experience the eternity of his love, and grace, and mercy, um, so I think with the this fear that, that goes with that, and the wisdom that we get from that, which is our own sinfulness, and God's glory and holiness we also see that just as we can't really emphasize too much our sinfulness we cannot also emphasize too much god's grace Mm. and his love and his mercy for us which we see in jesus yeah Uh, so that's also a part of wisdom too Mm -hmm. right part of part of wisdom is knowing the reality of the world the reality of our fallenness the reality of a just and holy god who fittingly um, has wrath towards sin but also understanding the reality which is that God is utterly gracious mm. utterly loving utterly merciful forgiving of sinners mm. uh, like us like, like anyone listening um, so that's also part of wisdom that comes from the fear of the Lord it's understanding our sinfulness and God's holiness it's also understanding God's grace his love
1: and his mercy. Yeah. And living in accordance with that. Yeah, I think that's good. I think, um, yeah, even understanding, like, we are supposed to, like, we're called to be like Jesus. And it's almost scary to think about how gracious he is. Yeah. And we're supposed to live up to that. Yeah. Um, and obviously he has grace in that and we're going to fail. But there, there is such a a magnitude of who God is in his power and in his grace and his mercy and his love. There's just, it's just huge. Like there's there's no real word that can actually describe how just like massive in everything he is. And I think uh, when we actually start to take a look, like you were saying wisdom, I think really wisdom is a big part in your perspective when your perspective is widened. And one of the things that uh, I always think about when thinking of a widened perspective and wisdom is uh, the story of Job, right? I love the story of Job. It's a great one. At the very end, his perspective is widened a lot when God doesn't answer all of his cries out of, Lord, why'd you do this to me? Why am I suffering? All those things. God just widens his perspective of, hey, do you have any idea what it's like to run everything? And then as soon as his perspective is widened and he's humbled, he stops asking those questions, right? And he just sits there and humbly goes, God, you're right you're right i you have absolutely nothing to prove to me you owe me nothing and that's one of the the huge things that we see is that he had a healthy dose of the fear of the lord that he looks and he goes i am infinitesimally small compared to god and i'm asking him to justify himself to me but in that god gives him a response not the response he's looking for but gives him a response and that's kind and that's very gracious to come because God doesn't owe him anything. He could have just let him wail on forever and suffer, but he gave him a response and gave him perspective and that's actually a very kind thing to do. And then he blesses him, yeah. not because he deserved it, but because God wants to bless his children yeah. and those who are faithful to him. So it's it's such a, a radical thing to see just the, the, you know, it talks about that feature, the height, the depth, yes. the width, the length of his love. It just spans across every sort of understanding that we can have, and that comes from a fear of the Lord, of a healthy perspective, that wisdom Mm -hmm. of that. You're dealing with something unlike anything else that you have any sort of information on. When you come into the presence of the Lord, when you're dealing with him in your situation, all bets are off. Like, we can know his character and we can know how he's going to act based off his character, but he just is going to blow our minds every single time, whether that's in his power, whether that's in his grace. He just is every single kind of time just surprise us because we can never expect what God's going to do. That's right. And yeah, you bring up the Job story and it's such a good one.
0: And God's ultimate response to Job, which which is funny because Job's like, you know, Lord, why is this happening? Like, I'm righteous. And in the narrative, Job truly is righteous. Yeah, right? He is good. He did not deserve it in that sense. And God's response is, yeah, well, where were you when, when I made everything? It's, it's kind of funny and kind of not satisfying as you're reading it, right? But it, it is, it reflects what you're saying, this difference between jo- uh, Job and, and God and uh, the wisdom. This is part of the wisdom literature, the wisdom that Job gets. But God's ultimate response to Job is... Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus, who's the better job, who was the truly righteous one, who had never sinned, who suffered and even died for the sake of his idiot friends, who just couldn't stop getting out of their own way, right? Like Job's friends, uh, and even more than for his friends, even for his enemies. Yeah, it, it, like you said, you said earlier, you can't, you can't overemphasize it. Um, I think well, we're coming up into the Christmas season, Advent is mm-hmm. starting. And you know, which we tend to mix in with, with the Christmas season, which technically begins on Christmas Day. Okay. And then extends. The twelve days of Christmas start on Christmas, not before. So, just so everybody knows. Leave your Christmas decorations up for the twelve days after Christmas. Tony's very passionate about I'm very this. passionate about this. But so anyway, so Christmas movies and stuff, so it's a wonderful life is one of my all time favorite movies. Movie ends at you know what? It's a really old movie, so yeah. you should already know. But George Bailey, right, who he's, feels like he's lost everything, he wants to die, but he has this new chance that he's given mm-hmm. by this angel, Clarence. And so he comes back, having lost everything, but now he has a new perspective on life. He's so super happy. But then, after having, wanting uh, to just die because of his troubles, because of, basically, he's going to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Everyone from the town come and, you know, they bring him money. They just mm-hmm. give him money to... to uh, <laughs> to help him from what was lost from what his his uncle had lost and uh it's just a great picture of people normal people sacrificing for the sake of george who had given his life in a whole bunch of different ways for them so that george could live and it's always it's like you know a big tearjerker it's a big emotional moment in the Mm -hmm. movie it's you know this great happy ending it's why it's one of the great films ever made jesus christ came to us not when we just wanted to die but when we were dead Mm -hmm. in our sins we were dead in our trespasses we were dead in our sins we were done and he made us alive together with him by giving not just part of what he had but giving everything by right? giving his whole life and this is the case for every kind of story that moves us of self-sacrifice yeah. it is all something that points us to the ultimate act of self-sacrifice the ultimate act of radical sacrificial love which we see in jesus christ who is not only a mere human he was also god who did all this for us so that's who that's who god is that's the essence of who god is he is all powerful he is all glorious he is all you know stupefyingly transcendent and he is utterly gracious and loving and merciful right this is who he is and so we talk about the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom this is where wisdom starts yeah right that's what that is right so if we want to talk about being wise responding to situations wisely being wise in everyday life true wisdom real wisdom begins with an understanding of the lord in this way mm. which is what fear of the lord is yeah right it's knowing who god is and all of his transcendence and all of his glory and all of his holiness and righteousness mm. and justice and in all of his love all of his goodness all of his grace all of his mercy that's
1: where wisdom begins yeah i think that's good i think uh, what I think we should talk about now is that, so we've talked about, okay, what is fear? What is wisdom? How do we see that play out? What is, you know, how is that in the character of God? How is that influencing each other? How do we get the fear of God? Like, how do we, because a lot of times I feel like sometimes I'm lacking in that. Like, I I feel like I should have it, but I just don't. Like, I just don't fear God how I should, or I'm not having that wisdom because of the fear of the Lord. I'm lacking in that. And I think we can all we've all walked in that to where we're like, yeah, why am I why don't I have more fear of the Lord? Why is that not very real in my life? And so how how do we get that into our life? How does that how is that something that we can practically add into our life to where we really gain the perspective of fear of the Lord? And I first of all Yeah, I was gonna say I'm interested in what you would yeah, say, how first you would answer. I I would say One, read your Bible, of course. If we're we're gonna talk about fear of the Lord, if you don't know what he's already done, what he's already like completed in the Bible, that's the first place to start. And you can go through any of the prophets. You can go into the New Testament, Old Testament, whatever. You're gonna see magnificent things the Lord does and that's gonna stir up fear of the Lord in you. Like if you just go, like I use the Bible app you just go in there and you just type in fear of the Lord or fear of God. It will give you a list, a long list, of all the places in the Bible it talks about the fear of the Lord. And you can just read through that. A lot of it's in the Psalms, but it's in a whole bunch of other places. So you can see it is prominent in the Bible where it talks about the fear of the Lord and how that is something that stirs up in many different situations. So I'd say read through your Bible, go look it up on the Bible app, be like, okay, fear of the Lord how ha- in what scenarios do we see the fear of the Lord being stirred up? And what scenarios do we see it lacking where people are like, this place has no fear of the Lord? Okay, what, what situation are they in to where they don't have that? Am I in that situation? What situation do these people develop the fear of the Lord? What happened? And you see that in the book of Acts. You see that you know, all through the New Testament and Old Testament of people, as they experience the Lord, they develop a fear for the Lord. They develop that fear and it's through miracles, it's through kindness, it's through these different things that they're going to see that. So I think, first of all, read your Bible. Just start reading your Bible. If you're not doing that already, if you're getting anything from these podcasts, you should really be reading your Bible. Here, here, Yeah. Just like in any sort of form, if you haven't started yet, just start reading it. Read a verse a day, read a chapter a day, read a book a day if you want, read the Bible in yeah, a day. anything. If, if you're really, really good. Um just just find a way to where you're consuming actual biblical literature and you're actually reading that and if, if some things are are harder for you uh there's commentaries there's different things that help you consume it and they're actually very very helpful so i can encourage you to do that and then what i'd also say is that actually look at the presence of god in your life and recount all the ways that he's been working in your life and you're gonna actually see how many miracles that you haven't cognitively brought to the front of your mind to be like, whoa, he did that. Like think of actually how outrageous some of these things are that he just did for you. And those are things that are going to stir up actually a fear of the Lord that he had the power to do that. Like actually start chewing on some of the things in your life and start thinking about them a little more critically of like, yeah, no, those those happened. And that was great. But like, Whoa, that like actually happened. Like, Think about how crazy that is in the grand scheme of everything that that specific thing happened to you. And I'd say doing those things, you start to see that and you start to see what his impact in your life is.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really good. I would say amen to both those things. Those are both very good things. Reading the Bible, reflecting on what God's done God's done in your life. Very good. I would add a couple things. Um, first, I would say um, practice church... Er, Uh, excuse me say practice church discipline for some reason but practice spiritual disciplines spiritual disciplines we should practice church discipline but spiritual disciplines right so memorizing and meditating on the scriptures the scriptures that we're reading as you read the bible spend some time meditating on them and memorize them and as those words sink down into your bones right to where they they just come out in your conversation they They come out in your prayers without you like needing to necessarily cite chapter and verse, but just because the language is in you, right? That's going to allow these thoughts, these deeper thoughts about God to come more quickly. Sitting in silence, right? This is a spiritual discipline. Boy, there's nothing that's going to make you feel smaller than sitting in a prolonged period of silence, doing nothing else, trying actively not to think about anything else. Nothing's going to make you feel smaller. And make God feel bigger than just the infinite, you know, stuff of what is there of what God has made, right? So it's um and, and prayer, praying to God, yeah, uh, spending time, speaking with God, in conversation with God, listening to God, praying, bearing your soul to God, uh, also can bring out a healthy fear of the Lord. So that's one. Practice spiritual disciplines. A second thing I would say is read some of church history to see how god has worked in the past uh, within his church both ways that god has blessed the church through uh, movements of revival and all sorts of cool things and also ways that god has seemingly judged his church through ways that the church has has fallen short of god's glory so reading church history also can give us a healthy dose of god's fear and finally i would say be a regular part of church, of your church, right? As you're regularly attending Sunday morning service, regularly participating in worship to God through singing, actively singing uh, worship to Him, actively worshiping Him through taking in His Word as it's preached, actively worshiping Him through be- getting baptized if you haven't been baptized or participating in the Lord's Supper, right? Playing an active role in church worship to God. That doing that in community, boy, that also gives you a grander vision of who God is. That gives you this fear of the Lord. And it's a continual weekly reminder of who God is. You feel like, man, I'm I really messed up this week. Or I I I just I didn't have it this week or I wasn't feeling it. We can go to church where there isn't an expectation or a requirement that we be in a good mood. You don't have to have had everything be going well uh we can see all throughout the scriptures laments and people crying out right there's there's a place in the church for all kinds of people dealing with all sorts of things and it is there where we in a particular way in the body of christ receive his grace fresh anew every single week so i would say if you want to also get a grander vision of who god is and uh, know the fear of the lord participate regularly in the life of the church whatever church you call home uh, if it's mountain view any of our campuses right mm. regularly participate yeah. in sunday morning worship
1: yeah that's good and, and one thing i want to jump back on is when it comes to prayer you can pray for the fear of the lord you can say yeah holy that's spirit, good holy spirit give me a fear of the lord i try to pray for that all the time because that's what i want and the fear of the lord is a is something that's going to correct you in a lot of ways once you actually start to have that healthy fear and you're going to have that wisdom. But you can pray for that. You can ask the Lord, Lord, give me that fear of you that is actually healthy for me, that's going to help me, that's going to point me back to you. Give that to me and he will give it to you. Like He will bring up things in your life. He'll give it to you through the Holy Spirit to where you actually have a correct view of who God is. That's something that he wants to give to you right so if you're humbly asking lord i just i want to have the fear of the lord i read this in the bible i hear about it can you give that to me he's gonna give it to you and it might not look the exact way that you want it to but he's going to give it to you in some sort of way so i would encourage just like tony saying like get involved start reading your bible start praying find ways to where you can integrate the fear of the lord in your life because it is where you're going to get wisdom and I think all of us can agree wisdom's pretty great. We all would love wisdom in every single situation and if that's the beginning of it that's where you want to begin in every single situation is having a fear of the Lord and that's going to cause you to actually ask the Lord what should I do in this situation? How should I be responding? Because you have a healthy fear to know that he is intimately evolved he intimately loves you and he has the power to do anything in that situation and we actually start to see that we're actually going to start asking and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to give that to us in every single situation. Yeah. So, ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful thing that should be very comforting that we can ask and we will receive from the Lord that he actually hears us. That's right. So uh, what I want to ask is, Tony, do you have any books that you would recommend that would help with uh, having the fear of the Lord, understanding it, um, knowing more about church history, anything like that? Is there a book uh, that you would suggest putting you on the fly? Sure. Yeah, you put
0: me on right on the spot. But uh, one that I honestly return to all the time. I was just returning to it this morning in, in sermon prep. It's just an excellent book. It's called None Greater, The Undomesticated Attributes of God by Matthew Barrett. Mm. So it's a book about who God is, uh, God's attributes, uh, how he is, kind of all these things that we've been talking about in this podcast things that would lead to fear of the Lord it is very very well done it is uh, super clear uh, he is an academic he's a uh, theologian but he I I think uh, he writes at a level where if you do if you read books I think you can read it and benefits a ton from it it is he takes these uh, the way I like to think of it is he he takes these theological high theological concepts and he gives us a step ladder to get up and touch them. Yeah. Right. To reach them, to join with these other theologians and thinkers, uh, which is something that I greatly admire. So this book, honestly, I use it all the time. I refer back to it constantly. None Greater the Undomesticated Attributes of God by Matthew Barrett.
1: All right. For you readers out there, you got a little, uh, little extra piece from Tony to to go read and kind of develop the fear of the Lord. but. That's all we got for you Uh, as we're going into the Christmas season. We hope to see you around. We hope to see you at one of our campuses and to celebrate with you. Um, And, yeah, we hope your Thanksgiving was a good time. Any last words, Tony? No, no. I think this was great. I think it was great as well. All right. We will catch you guys next time on the next episode.
0: Thanks for listening to the Solid Ground podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to like and share with your friends. Have a blessed day.